Performance is the smartest solution in the universe for men dealing with erectile dysfunction, or ED. So, we hired an equally smart guy who knows a thing or two about the universe to explain our treatment. An astrophysicist. Peak Performance. Hi, I'm an astrophysicist. What makes Peak Performance the smartest ED solution is that it uses a revolutionary process called focused linear compression therapy. These short, comfortable treatments involve no pain, no surgery, no side effects, and are effective for over 80% of men. Peak Performance. Very smart. Call Peak Performance today at 1-800-210-8181 for a free blood flow evaluation. That's 1-800-210-8181. Call 1-800-210-8181 or visit peakperformanceformen.com. Peak Performance. Man at his peak. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. AVS Media Papa Hotel Lima Echo November Radio Check. Papa Echo November, good afternoon. Richard Pye. Good afternoon, read you five as well, Papa Echo November. The X-Zone radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. All Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com on MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com, and our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network. UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, Star Cable, and our growing family of broadcast affiliates right across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim, Asia, India, Africa, and Europe. 
Once again, our toll-free number, 1-800-610-7035, and our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. My guest this hour is Brooks Agnew. He is a lecturer, veterinary, a, a veteran, a documentarian, Amazon best-selling author. He co-authored the landmark work, The Ark of Millions Years, that has been critically acclaimed as one of the most comprehensive works ever written on the ad- advent of 2012. Now, his latest book, Remembering the Future, The Physics of the Soul and Time Travel, was ranked in Amazon and Barnes Noble in the two categories, in the top ten of the two categories at the same time. He is currently the president and CVO of Vision Motor Cars, manufacturing affordable electric vehicles for the American Highway. And we're going to be talking to Brooks uh, this hour about his new book, Remembering the Future, The Physics of the Soul and Time Travel. And Brooks, welcome back. Oh, thank you, Rob. Good to be back in the X-Zone. So let me see, what have you been doing since you and I last talked so many years ago? Oh, my goodness. Well, let's see. I've uh, I've taken a few breathers, mm-hmm. but that's about it. Other than that, it's been 14-hour days, seven nights, seven days a week, uh, building uh, the electric car company and writing books. So everything has been busy, busy. It's been very productive. Let, let me just ask you one question uh, to get us out of the gate. What happened to all the hoopla surrounding December the 21st, 2012, which in the opinion of many was a major non-event? Well, it was, uh, to be sure, uh, you know, a crescendo of multiple cultures around the planet. We wrote 2,000 pages on the subject, and by the time we were done, mm-hmm. we had uh, pretty much the same opinion as the naysayers, and that is that the ancients uh, looked toward this stellar and planetary alignment of December 21st, 2012 at the galactic plane to be an event that would, you know, reset the clocks of, of humankind, so to speak. The most amazing thing is how much of the gross national product, so to speak, of so many cultures was, you know, architected and designed and engineered and planned and calculated through mathematics and calendars uh, to coincide on that date. Now, the alignment did happen. In fact, we're still in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I find it, you know, incredulous that a lot of the naysayers don't admit that some cosmic events, both from our sun and from the galaxy and from our own solar system, uh, have not occurred. They have occurred. In fact, we had, what, three meteors in two days? Uh, that's uh, that's pretty amazing. You know, I think we're entering the gravel road of the Milky Way galaxy about now. So these events aren't ending. They're starting. All right, Brooks, you and I have to take our first commercial break. Please stand by. Exonation Brooks Agnew is my guest this hour. His website is www.rememberingthefuturebook.com. That's www.rememberingthefuturebook.com. And uh, we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Once again, our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. And don't forget, if you'd like to find out who the who's who in the world of the paranormal, parapsychology, and all the topics that we cover here at the Exxon, visit our online directory, the Exxon Directory of Who's Who, at www.exxonedirectory.com.
Only genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas. To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. Exonation. Uh, Brooke Agnews is my special guest this hour. We're talking about uh, Brooke's new book, Remembering the Future, the Physics of the Soul and Time Travel. Brooks, uh, what was your inspiration for writing your new book? Well, I was um, actually teaching some college mathematics, and uh, I had to teach the section on Fibonacci, uh, which is a, a way of sequencing numbers and a, and a method of addition that creates a, a golden meaning. Mm-hmm. And I had some adults in my class, and I decided to teach it a little bit differently uh, to keep them interested so they didn't just learn it and forget it. So I, I started with two random numbers and added them together and just started the Fibonacci sequence as though I had started from 0, 1, 1, 3, 5, you know how the number sequence goes. And by the time I got out to the eighth iteration, that is to say the eighth uh, addition sequence, I divided the seventh number to the eighth number, and I got the golden mean while I was... 
I was kind of shocked at that. Mm -hmm. So I took decimals and fractions and imaginary numbers and non-rational numbers, and it, it worked every single time the same way. So I said, if it works with numbers, it has to work with energy. And that just kind of inspired me. So I, I sat down and started writing about this ability to put sequences of events together in people's lives to see if the golden mean could be developed and that it would turn into some kind of a, a scientific self-help book. And that's exactly what happened by the time I finished with the interviews and the subject matter. It was incredible that people who give up after two or three tries are never successful because they can't build the resonance with the surrounding energy and their set of energy, their lives, to make reality happen for them, to make their dreams happen. But those people that stuck with it at least eight times did build a kind of zone where everything they did seemed to add to the dream or the vision that they had created, and success was imminent. Mm. Chapter two of your book is entitled The Big Bang Never Happened. I was actually talking with a colleague of mine, Dr. Ed Close. He wrote a book called um, Transcendental Physics. And we were talking about the book, and we, we got to a place in the book where we were talking about the, the speed of light, photons, and we looked at the universe from the perspective of a photon, sort of as a thought experiment. And what we realized is that there was no path for the photon, say, from the star Arcturus to Earth. So when you go out and you look out at the night sky, a dark night, and you, you see the star Arcturus and you say, oh, my goodness, it took 8.7 light years for that photon to reach us, how lucky we are to be able to see that star. But in Dr. Close's theories, at the speed of light, that photon actually has no path between Arcturus and Earth. It's instantaneous, because at the speed of light, time slows down to zero. Well, in space, time is just distance. So if time slows down to zero, then distance is zero. And I said, so, Ed, does that mean that from the perspective of the photon, the Big Bang never happened, the entire universe is still the singularity? And he paused for a second and said, wow, yeah, I think that's actually right. So I realized that in some respect, the universe is still the singularity, and it's actually the observation of human consciousness that has slowed everything down and created the distance that we behold as the physical universe, the, the 5% of the mass of the universe that's physical. One thing that, that I, that, uh, you know, that I found interesting about your book is that you dedicated it to the queen. Yes, I did. Why? Um, well, because, in my explorations, and I, I actually wrestled with this, Rob, i got to tell you, I, I, I made a professional decision here, and I think to this day, still, it was the right one. I took the section out of the book several times about memories, I mean, real clear memories of a prior life on another world. I took it out of the book, and then I put it back in, and then I took it out, and I put it back in, and finally I said... Yeah, you know what? Somebody out there needs to read this. Somebody out there needs to know they're not alone, that they have some realization that they existed before this world. So I left it in. And I think that's what helped the book go uh, to number, I think it went to number six on Amazon, because people related to that. Here was a self-help book that allows you to bring all of everything you ever were 
to bear in one lifetime. Is there any proof for past life? You know, that's a really good question because proof is what scientists are all about. And, yeah. you know, we physicists are all about possibilities and, and proof. Um, there are some, you know, prior life experts like John Edwards who used to have a television show and where he was I, I don't know. I don't know if we can actually classify him as an expert. I think he's more of a con artist and a criminal. Well, it could be. But that's really the only proof that we have that past lives exist is are these mediums, these kind of people that connect with, it is actually a very personal experience. Let me, let me, people, let, let me just uh, rephrase, you know, uh, who claim to connect, because there's no proof that these mediums are anything else but charlatans. Well, I would, I would only argue in the sense that a very, a double-blind experiment was done by Dr. Mm -hmm. Gary Schwartz with John Edwards, and I will say that there's a 95% chance that John Edwards was genuine, but John Edwards was no all, way he could have known what he knew. John Edwards was also caught, uh, you know, with the you know uh, setting up his entire show. So how can we take anything that he says as credible? Well, what I have found, uh, Rob, and I think this you, you'll agree with this, is that once in a while, when a gifted person does receive information, and then showtime comes. And they don't get anything, but the show must go on. So they they got to perform. They can't come out and say, "Well, uh, sorry to say, uh, television audience, but I didn't receive anything today, so I have nothing to say to anybody in this audience." Sorry, that doesn't fly for the ratings. Yeah. So all right. So what we're saying is they're all staged and they're all phonies. Well, I'd say that maybe better than 50% of the time they're staged and they're phony. Well, we know for a fact that Sylvia Brown's a phony. We know for a fact that. That John Edwards is a phony because he was caught on air. Uh, you know, so how can we take anything that any psychic or any medium or any channel? How can how can anyone with a brain on their shoulder take it for real? And how can we how can we add credibility to anyone in the scientific community who takes what these phony balonies are saying as real? Well, that's exactly why we do scientific experiments, though we do this so that we can prove or disprove these ideas. And, you know, given the statistical um, data of what parameters were given to John Edwards and what he actually did come through with, mm -hmm. he wasn't 100%, not by any means, but he sure beat the odds. And, and this was a very carefully controlled experiment where he did not know the subject, didn't know the name, and never got to face them and never got to hear their voice. So All he right. couldn't even tell by voice inflection. To, to, you know, to your knowledge, how many times has John Edwards been tested scientifically? I think only that once. So how do we know that if the 10 more times were done, he'd fail nine of the 10 times? You know, we're just giving him all this credibility based on one test? I don't think so. Well, it, it was a long test, though, and it was several test parameters. But I do agree with you. Yeah. One experiment does not a theory make. Right. Uh, however, you know, sometimes that's all you get. I, I would say that, um, you know, there are plenty of, of uh, evidence to show that supernatural things or clairvoyant things or telekinetic things don't exist. But then there are the unexplained. Because I can tell you from personal experience, sometimes 
sometimes you just get a premonition. Sometimes you just get a precognition oh, or a deja vu or something. Can you make it happen? No. I, I but agree. that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. I agree with you 100% that everyone at times has had these gut feelings, this deja vu or, you know, a thinking of someone and the phone rings. I agree with you 100%. I don't think there's one parent listening tonight around the world who hasn't had that inner feeling when something is wrong with one of their siblings or one of their children or their spouse. You know, so I, I agree with you 100%, but I think that showcasing the, uh, the, the ability to perform psychic feats is nothing less than sleight of hand. You know, because John Edwards isn't around anymore on TV. Sylvia Brown isn't around anymore on TV. There are flashes in the pan. I, I agree with you completely. Yeah. And you use two words that are the key. One is perform. Yeah. And, you know, the other is, you know, to go, I would say, to make a revenue out of it. Mm-hmm. It's a gift. Yeah. It's not something that you go out and you sell. It's sort of like being a healer for hire. Something's wrong with that association. In chapter four, which is entitled uh, "Waking Up," uh, waking waking up in the human race, there are four different ty- three different types of memories that that you classify. You've got the genetic memory, light memories, and atomic memories. What's the difference between the three? Well, atomic memory is kind of interesting in that the human body is, from molecular biological point of view, it's just the peas and carrots that we eat. It's just mm-hmm. the you know, the cheeseburgers and potato chips and everything that we eat. We are what we eat. But genetically, when we, uh, you know, receive the molecular code from our combination of parents, there is a memory that's tied into the DNA. For some reason, there are innate qualities that go with the genetics. They affect more than just hair color, body size, shape, things like that. They also affect your temperament and your ability to uh, have a propensity for things like music or art or architecture or mathematics. And this is a memory that's passed along from a molecular point of view. It has nothing to do with education or training or even where you live or your environment. It's passed on molecularly. Brooks, I I hate to do this, Brooks, but you and I have to take a commercial break uh, with our news at the bottom of the hour. Exonation Brooke Agnew is our guest this hour www.rememberingthefuturebook.com. That's www.rememberingthefuturebook.com. And uh, Brooks and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Listening to the X Zone Radio Show live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network, X Zone Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and Star Cable. Our toll free telephone number worldwide is 1 800 610 7035. Our email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, Exxon Radio TV at Hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. Try to understand, try to understand. 
ExoNation Brooks Agnew is my special guest this hour. His website is www.rememberingthefuturebook.com. We're talking about his newest book. It's entitled Remembering the Future, The Physics of the Soul and Time Travel. It's available at Amazon.com and Barnes & Noble and fine bookstores everywhere. Brooks, uh, before we went to the break, we were talking about the three different types of memories. And I believe we, uh, we just started to talk about light memories before we had to go to the news. Yes. Uh, one of the unique things that, that humans can do is they can perceive the future, the past, and uh, they can even perceive possibilities mm-hmm. of both. And one thing we know is that when something is observed, even uh, by scientific instruments, let alone human consciousness, it changes. It alters just because it was observed. Now, the whole premise of the book is the idea that you can put a clear energetic goal or a vision or a, uh, a wish, as it were, out into the future, someplace in the future. And the, the instant that thought is placed into the future, from our point of view, it begins to resonate with the universe. That is to say, everything in the room that is a harmonic of or can constructively interfere with that thought or that dream will begin to vibrate. It'll begin to put off energy or light. Now, that, that energy will go in all directions and in all times. What we have to do is be able to bring that memory back from the future to the present, which is actually the past of that event and then begin to listen or remember those things that vibrate with that frequency. The whole premise of the book is you don't go out into the future and keep banging the bell over and over and over again. You don't put a picture behind a magnet on your refrigerator door and look at the picture every time you go you know, for a ham sandwich at the fridge. That doesn't work. Everybody knows it doesn't work. But if you put a picture of a house on your on your fridge in the future, this is the house I'm going to own, but then you listen to the things that are vibrating with the pathway that leads you to that house, and you put energy into the pathway, then it will sympathetically resonate with your dream in the future along that golden mean that I described in the first segment, and it will materialize. Now, is this based and, on scientific... Uh experimentation, scientific proof, or is this just a hypothesis? Well, it's a little of both. Uh, it was hypothesis, and we conduct an experiment. Now, in nature, this is the way nature works. The periodic table lays out this way. Planets lay out this mm-hmm. way. DNA builds itself this way. Pine cones, conch shells, honeycombs, all kinds of things in nature, even bacterial population growth, works through this Fibonacci process of adding one set of energy to the next set of energy and then using those totals to add up to make the next. So are you, are you saying that the future is, is set? The future cannot be changed? No, I'm saying the future is not only always in motion and normally chaotic, but that we, through conscious effort, can create the future. Now, obviously, the bigger the goal, the bigger the dream, the more complex it is and the more work it's going to take. But the future is ours to create. Well, of course. It doesn't necessarily unfold randomly before us. Well, if you want to be a doctor when you're a child, you know that there are several steps that you have to go through school. 
you have to go through college, you have to go through university, you have to go to pre-med, you have to do your, your internship, and then you become a doctor. Well, but that's the but-first list, Rob. Everybody knows this because the process has been set up. Here's the path. But most goals that people set don't have a set pathway. Mind there you. is no recipe book to get there. Well, You're creating something brand spanking new. A lot of people set goals that they fail at because they just don't have the the ability or the drive to succeed. Any Everyone can be a failure. Not everyone can be a success. Well, that's true, but sometimes the failure is the success. Nobody succeeds their way to success. You fail your way to success. Oh, I don't, I don't agree with you. <laughs> well, here's the thing. That the resonance that you set up with the universe and the skill that you build in listening to the universe puts you on the path to be able to stay away from the chaotic, destructive interference activities and stay on the path of the constructing constructive interfering activities. Give me examples. It has to work. Give me examples. All right. I, um, I interviewed a professional golfer. He was a pro-am, and uh, what he, he did is he tried several tournaments to be able to get into the pros. And I asked him, how many tries did it take you to get into the pros? And he said it took eight. And once I made it to the eighth, it was, it was easy. It was like everything fell into place. Mm-hmm. Same thing with a um, semi-pro baseball player who wanted to go pro. Same thing with a real estate investor, an investment banker. It seemed that when the ordinary person, and you said most people can fail, and that's true. No, I said said everyone can fail. Yes, they can. But they usually fail because they don't go enough iterations. I have found that they quit usually after two or three. Some people will go four. But the successful always exceed eight. Well, isn't isn't that just saying in, in layman's terms that in in order to succeed in order to succeed you've got to keep your nose to the grindstone? Is isn't that the same thing that people have been saying for hundreds of years? Well, yeah, but you don't want to be ground into dust. What no, you but want so to all, basically, from what I'm hearing, smart. from what I'm hearing is you're using different words to come up with the same result except that I'm backing with mathematics. And when you do that, you start to listen for the things that are resonating with your idea. And believe me, some of them are quite unrelated. An email, a phone call, a job interview, uh, an investment, a, a sale. These are the things that just pop up like coincidences, one after another. And you'll know because of the energy that those things are putting off if it's something you need to do or something that it's a distraction. But wouldn't you agree that in order to succeed in any profession that you have to make it happen? It's not going to happen on its own. I don't well, care. Well, that's very I, true. That, I, you know, determination, well, that determination is what separates the successful from the failure. You know, and you can put in all the different thoughts you want into the future, but in my opinion, and I haven't seen anything to the contrary, the future will not... You know, so many people think that, okay, if, if I confess it, I will possess it. I agree that there are certain things that will happen, but you can't will yourself a magnificent house and a magnificent job if you don't do anything to make it happen. You're not. 
You're not going to get that dream house if you sit on your butt in front of a TV doing Nintendo and video games all day and not take responsibility for your own life and making things happen. You're not going There's to. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt that if you're going to win the lottery, you you've need got to buy, to a, buy ticket. a ticket. Exactly. Exactly. So what am I missing here? Well, like most self-help books, what it's designed to do is to give you uh, hope that there is a pattern, that there is a law in the universe, because it's working all around us. It works whether it's a proton or whether it's the tallest building in the world. Things organize after energy is put into them or if they happen to resonate along the golden mean. Nobody puts energy into the universe. It's just a random quantum foam. But for some reason, 5% of it forms as the third dimension, and we see it as protons, neutrons, electrons arranged in, in various mathematical patterns. I, all right, so if I put this out into the future, how do I put it there? You know, is it just a thought, a desire? Uh, uh, it is a thought, and the clearer that you can make it, the more detail you can put into it, third dimensions, measurements, color, weight, cost, the more detail you can mm -hmm. put into it, the more positive it is going to appear in the future, that whether just, you're there to enjoy it. To, to, you know, that just sounds you, like, like planning to me. It doesn't sound like anything that is very astonishing or earth-shattering. Uh, earth it sounds like basic planning. Well, it's advanced planning, and it uses principles by which the universe uh, aggregates into solid matter. Do you really believe that? I'm not I, much of a believer. Because I'm more I, I've of got an to experimenter, improver, and observer. I've got to. I've got to be honest with you. I'm having one heck of a time believing this. I, you know, because I, I come from the school of hard knocks. You know, if you want to do something, you work at it. You make it happen. You don't use the woo-woo factor and and quantum physics to 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 relate to your to your success or your failure. Only you can make yourself a success or the failure. The ball's in your court at all times. Well, that's uh, one of the chapters we talk about personal responsibility, and you're absolutely right. You can't abdicate your personal responsibility or your life condition to anyone else. So, you are 100% responsible for your own life condition. So why? who would need this book beside a person who doesn't have any self-motivation or doesn't have any desire to succeed or is using so many excuses on why they are failing and not succeeding? Well, fortunately, there are enough people out there like that that uh, they buy books and make them number one. But I can tell you, I've received a lot of mail from people who received breakthroughs because they were able to not focus on the dream so much, but focus on the things that resonated with the dream. They were able to redirect their energy, not something distant out in the future, but something close and local and real and something tangible that they could put energy into today that would lead them to their dream. How did they recognize it? Because they were able to recognize the energy of those things that resonate with their dream. What kind of things would resonate with a person's dream? It's kind of remarkable. Some of those things uh, 
when you're looking at them in real time, mm-hmm. have nothing to do with your dream, or so it seems. A job interview, an email, a phone call, a, a, a party that you need to go to, and then you meet somebody. Mm-hmm. But when you reach that dream, when you reach your goal, and you look back, it looks just like a straight line. Because all of the events line up perfectly. But there's no way you could have seen those things from the past, which is the present. Well, of course, that that makes sense. Like, how could you? In in order to get from point A to point B, you've either got to take a car, a bus, a train, walk, a moped, an electric car. You're not going to get there by by twinking your nose like like an episode of The Witch. Like, I, I think that that... Everybody who, with an ounce of common sense in their brain would understand that. You'd be surprised how many people don't. Uh, it isn't a matter of a but-first list. This is what I want to do, but first I've got to do this, but first I've got to do this, but first I've got to do this, because we have a tendency to draw future threads. That is to say, we tell the universe how it's going to happen. Okay, the first thing I need, I need a million dollars. So then they concentrate on the million dollars and they end up dying an ignominious death and penniless because the million dollars wasn't the path to that house. They're going to get the house, but maybe it's going to come to another way. For instance, I've had people tell me, look, I've always wanted to go to Egypt, but it costs so much money and i got to go to a travel agent, i got to buy tickets, blah, blah, it blah. Sounds like they're lazy. That is it sounds like they're lazy people. Because they've got to do this, they've got to do that. They're making excuses on why they should fail and not why they should succeed. It's got nothing to do. It's got nothing to do with throwing a thought into the universe. Themselves in Egypt, and the opportunity came another way. They actually got a chance to write a magazine article, which required them to fly to Egypt, and the magazine paid for it. So they did get to Egypt, just not by raising the money to buy the ticket. They got it by expressing a desire to write a magazine article for a okay, magazine. Okay, so what they did was they got off their fat butts and used their common sense and said, hmm, if I can't get it this way, maybe I can get it another way. Like, this is common sense to me. I, I don't see why it people is, it would... It is common sense. So I know that. Are there that a lot many... Of people don't, a so, lot of people don't have common so sense. What you're saying, so what you're saying is there's a lot of stupid people out there. Remembering the future for dummies. I could have called it that. <laughs> Stand by. You and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break. Exxon Nation. My guest this hour is Brooks Agnew. His website is www.rememberingthefuturebook.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, Exonation, if you'd like to find out who's who in the world of the paranormal and the science, parapsychology, and all the topics that we cover here on the Exxon, you can find them listed in the Exxon book of Who's Who, which will be available in print and on your favorite bookstore shelf in the very near future. But right now, you can go to exxonedirectory.com. I'll be back. Don't go away.
Exxon Nation, uh, Brooks Agnew is our guest this hour, www.rememberingthefuturebooks. I'm sorry, rememberingthefuturebook.com. That's www.rememberingthefuturebook.com. Um, Brooke, uh, your first book that you and I discussed, The Ark of Millions Millions Years, um, how does that compare with this book that you're that you're that you've just released now? Well, the Ark of Millions of Years series turned into four volumes, and uh, it was a, a co-authored book between myself and my co-author E.J. Clark. Mm-hmm. And it was um, it was a book that brought um, all of the ancient cultures together, from Egyptian to Babylonian, Mayan, uh, Hopi, uh, to try to coordinate uh, all of the ideas that these peoples had about what the future was going to bring to Earth. What was the origin and destiny of the Earth? And what we found as we studied these various cultures and their writings, both religious and governmental, is a common thread, a common idea, that there was much more to the human existence on the planet than um, meets the eye that there was a relationship, not only between mm-hmm. the humans on the planet and the planet itself, gotcha. but between the race of humans over generations. The idea that the soul inside the human body was actually eternal, and from time to time has a mortal experience. It's you know, pretty common. I, I was just, uh, uh, during the commercial break, I was looking at uh, the write-up on Amazon.com, and on the cover of your book, I noticed you've got a doctorate. What is your doctorate in? It's in physics. And, and where did you get that? Uh, I got it through an online college. Which one? Uh, Kennedy Western University. Oh, great. Okay. Uh, no, it's, for, it's, California. it's the first time I've ever seen a doctor in front of your name, so I, I figured that, you know, it's just something new, and congratulations. Well, it's more of a burden, I guess, than a blessing. I, I wanted uh, I wanted the education, and I was a working professional, mm-hmm. uh, putting in, you know, 60, 70 hours a week for a Fortune 100 company. That company had an uh, extension college that they endorsed, and they paid for the tuition, and uh, it was actually quite tough. Only about three uh, percent of the students graduate. What was your dissertation on? It was on long wave radiation spectroscopy for oil and gas exploration. Oh, there you go. That sounds like a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's basically ground probing radar using um, radio waves and um, distortions that happen as energy is absorbed by pet- petroliferous zones. It was kind of boring, but. You know, it was uh, also very uh, uh, rewarding to write the dissertation and and prove my theories. Brooke, it's been a pleasure talking to you again. Continued success. And I want to thank you very much for sharing with us here on the X-Zone. Oh, thank you so much, Rob. Good to be back on the X-Zone. Take care now. X-Zone Nation, Brooks Agno has been my guest to this hour. www.rememberingthefuturebook.com That's www.rememberingthefuturebook.com I'll be back on the other side of the news at six and a half minutes past the hour as we continue here in the X-Zone. Don't go away.